The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk. And, man, it's exciting to have this guest on. You know, uh, I'm supposed to have her. Um, it's like my family, you know. <laughs> Although we grew up, she's laughing, but um, it's just my, you know, just family. You know, when you have family on there, and the thing about it is, I, I love to have her on here too because her expertise and what she has to say. I think a lot of my listeners gonna really enjoy this. But I'd like to introduce my guest, Don Newfield. How you doing, Don? I'm doing good, James Loving. How are you? Good, good. Well, Don, before you start, tell a little listeners out there, you know. Um, you know what you do, what you ball, and I know you've been on a couple um, shows. Good morning, America. I think it was right. Uh, we did the Today Show a couple weeks ago. So, tell me about yourself and what you do, so they have a background on you. Sure. Um, well, I am an attorney. I'm licensed in both California and Texas. Um, I currently host a television show in Texas called The Broadcast. It's a, a daily sort of morning talk show. Um, type thing out here in Texas. Um, and in addition to that, I'm, I'm married to Ryan Newfeld, a former NFL player who retired. Uh, his last NFL season was 2007. He spent seven years in the league, um, two children, and my cousin actually played football with you, James, uh, <laughs> at Wyoming many, many years ago. Um, so that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, your cousin Anthony Sargent was my roommate, so we had great times and learned a lot of how to play football through him. So great times, I got into a lot of trouble. Keep it real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you what it's <laughs> but, but and I actually I like to put out there too. I had your husband on my show. I think it was two years ago, wasn't it, Don? Yeah, it was a little while ago. It was a while. It's like when I first started my show, I think, and mm-hmm. he had a, you know took time out to, to help me get started. You know, he's like one of my the first ten of my guests on my show when I started. So I appreciate that. Sure, great guy, great guy. But now let's get started. Um, we had a lot of shows. I know this month is domestic violence, and we all been talking about all my listeners and talking about the Ray Rice event. Mm-hmm. I want to get your input on that because we we ain't talking about most callers called in here like. Guys, mostly guys calling in, and they were talking about Ray Rice. But we didn't look at the victim. Can you, you know, talk about that a little? Um, yeah, you know, the, the Ray Rice situation is is a really unfortunate one. Um, it was something that brought domestic violence and, and how it affects the NFL to the forefront, and it made for a great news story. Um, when the second elevator video came out, 
um, that TMZ released a couple weeks ago, and, and everyone got all upset, and, you know, the NFL decided it needed to start actually taking some action. It was really interesting. The morning that um, that clip was released, I, I saw it very early in the morning. I emailed it to the producer of my show. It was about 5.59 a.m., and I told him, you need to watch this. I said, this video is literally what will change the NFL. And sure enough, I mean, that day things just sort of blew up. The NFL decided to go ahead and uh, revisit Ray's suspension from two years to indefinite. Um, And, you know, what was really interesting in all of that, this is not a new problem. Um, James, as I know you are aware, the NFL has always been very good at sort of sweeping these big issues under the rug. For some reason... Um, you know, they're able to handle them sort of uh, without a lot of media fanfare. Uh, and they can do that very well because they have people who can. It's, it's almost like they have a lot of Olivia Popes at their disposal. You know, uh, if someone gets in trouble or gets arrested, if they can get ahead of it before the media really catches it on, they've been very effective at, at you know, people in general just not getting uh, the news. Whereas something like this that TMZ released, all of a sudden it's on everybody's computers and cell phones and Twitter and stuff of that nature. And I knew it was something that would require the NFL to actually take a look at their policies and change. Now, whether or not they actually are going to, I'm very skeptical, um, and I have my reasons for that. But, um, yeah, it was really, really surprising um, the way they handled it, and, and they being the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, the way the situation was handled was so um, so disturbing to me, in many ways more so than what I saw on the video. Um, it, it's been a very interesting thing to see play out. I think the NFL is glad we're, we're dealing with Ebola these days as a top news story because it took the heat off of them, at least for a little while. Well, let me ask you this, too. Two questions, Don, and use your expertise and by you being a lawyer. First is, how could the NFL um, first um, penalize them for the two and then come back and then suspend it? Isn't that double jeopardy? Isn't that how that works, Don, in the world of law? Well, right. That's that's one of their biggest problems that they're going to have to deal with, right? How how do you um, establish a punishment for one of your players? And, And, you know, at the time, Ray Rice accepted responsibility. He was going to take the suspension. Um, he and his now wife had been in counseling together. They eventually got married. And then the second video comes out, and next thing you know, they're wanting to suspend him for a year or indefinitely or whatever it was. What, it, what was different about that second tape that, that all of a sudden they're like, oh, my goodness, we need to do something? The first tape was bad enough. You know what I mean? And from the perspective of them going, oh, well, we didn't, he told us that he didn't, I mean, come on now, the way he was dragging her, her body out of that elevator um, as she lay there limp, uh, there should have been enough evidence at the time to suspend him indefinitely. Why did you need to see the second video? And, of course, what I think happened was all of a sudden the, the, the pushback and the negative feedback and the attention that the NFL was getting all of a sudden is why they had to respond. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. But the second question to you, Don, is, is um, do you think they did this? And we know how the NFL works. You know how it works and all like mm-hmm. that. 
Do you think they cover that up with Baltimore that because of Ray Rice's name, a big star name, and because somebody had to cover it up because, like you said, the first video should have been enough. Right. So they had well, they had to say, "Go ahead, I'm sorry, I'll, go ahead." I'll, I'll put it to you like this: Ray Rice is not the first NFL player that has abused his spouse. And he is certainly not the first NFL player to be arrested for spousal abuse. As you know, there's some very um, high-profile situations this year in the NFL. Uh, you've got Greg Hardy, who's, you know, now been benched, but will still be collecting his $13 million salary, even though he has actually been adjudicated and found guilty of viciously attacking uh, his significant other. He's just awaiting sentencing. Um so this is not the first time, it's not the last time, but for me, the situation with the NFL, money talks, and, and when people started pulling back sponsorships, when uh, you've got beer companies and hospitals and all sorts of people who've been associated with these different teams in the NFL for so long, saying, hey, listen, we're watching how you address this situation, that's when they started reacting. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, I laugh now because to me it's kind of funny. I kept waiting for the NFL to come out and say, you know what, we messed up. This whole notion that they, you know, they were saying they had never seen that second videotape. James, you know how the NFL is. They're so good yeah. at vetting players. Uh, they know the ins and outs of what's going on with players. Their grades in school. Um, who they're dating. I think about the information they had on Aaron Hernandez before he got drafted. You know, they knew that he had gang affiliations. So you're telling me the NFL, with all these people at their disposal, um, knowing that there was this first tape, had no clue about that second tape or had never seen it, to me was just the biggest crock of you-know-what I'd ever heard in my life. It just it sounds so ridiculous, and that's why I chuckled a little bit. Um but you know they had access to this tape, and I kept waiting for them to come around and say, you know what, we messed up, we handled this situation very poorly, we're going to fix it. And, of course, they've never done that. Well, uh, and, and I don't think they they messed up. I, like you said, I think they Well, they know got it. caught. <laughs> they didn't want this, they didn't think it was going to come out. Right. So they had to cover it up, but they knew right. it. I mean, there's no way they did not know this, you know, no. Right. And like you were saying with the Hernandez, I'm going to talk about that later. I want to get your input on that. But you're right. The NFL know everything that basically goes on with these guys. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, too, that Roger Goodell, he's paid by the owners. You know that, right? He made $42, $43 million last year. So, you know, as, as a commissioner, he's been very successful. He's made uh, the team owners a lot of money. And they've rewarded him substantially for that. Um, and so you now have this same person answering to all of this criticism. And, you know, none of the NFL owners have come out and said, you know, Roger Goodell probably could have handled this situation better. They've all said, we support him, we stand by him, and we're going to do what we can to help. <laughs> so, you know, when they talk about doing inve- independent investigations and they're hiring FBI people, um, again, I'm very skeptical that any of that is going to result in any significant change in the NFL. Well, let me ask you this on the legal side. Do Ray Rice have a grab that he can come back in the NFL? 
Well, I think so. I mean, he's already filed um, papers saying that that he is going to basically uh, protest the second um, punishment he was given. Uh, you know, the, the NFLPA will work with him on that. Um, you know, in terms of legal grounds, he definitely has has some, I believe. Um, it'll be interesting how, to see how this entire situation plays out, though. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it to this extent. Um, it, I'm, it's unheard of, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Yeah, I think so, too. I just think, you know, why by them messing up, they gave him a leeway to come back in or to sue them. Well, right. And, and again, it's this, there's no such thing as, quote, unquote, double jeopardy in the NFL. You know, they're talking about criminal charges and criminal convictions in a court of law. But from the perspective of them having doled out a punishment and then coming back later and, and changing that punishment, I think they're going to have a bit of a problem with that. Well, that's all we got to do. I got to take a break. When we come back, um, I got more questions on about all the other players that I'm um, getting in trouble now. That once this came out, it seemed like it's like a a finish of everybody coming out with these domestic violence. But this is James Love, my guest, Don Newfield, and we will be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving and Loving That Sports Talk with my guest, Don. You still there, Don? I'm here. Now, before we get into talking to something else, I have to brag on you for a little bit. I have to let the listeners know the line of success that you come from. You know, is that okay? Uh, I'm nervous, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> your mom is a principal retired. Your mm-hmm. sister Chrissy is a prosecutor. And your other sister Andrea is a teacher. That's Correct. amazing, you know, just by, you know what I'm saying? And 
people say, you know, there's nobody to be like the Cosby, but, you know, you put your mind to it, you can do anything in the world and look at your family. Am I right, Don? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I just want to give a shout out to, you know, your, your mom, Robbie, you know, your sister Chrissy, Andrea, and you. You know, you make people, uh, kids nowadays, realize, you know what, you can be a doctor, police, or whatever you do, if you just work hard and do it. Absolutely, and it's not always easy, and there are going to be sacrifices. Hell, I'll be paying student loans for the next 30 years, but, you know, it, it, it's all worth it. Right, so I just wanted to say that, you know. Sure. But um, let's let's get into the deeper. Like you say, during a break, you know, I'd like you to talk more about, you know, there's a lot of domestic violence going with wives. Am I right, Doc? Correct. Um, you know, it's been really interesting after uh, the whole Ray Rice situation came out and the discussion about domestic violence in the NFL really became a prominent discussion. Um, you know, I certainly don't want to sit here and, and name any names of friends, but even to hear about close personal friends of mine who I've known for many years, uh, I've known their husbands or now ex-husbands for many years and admired them both very much. Um, and then you hear that they had had some domestic violence issues in their home. It's just been shocking. So I think from everyone, and even from my perspective, I mean, you know that one in four women, it's even as high as one in three women, will be a victim of domestic abuse. Um, it's not surprising that I'm hearing more and more about the people talk about it. Because, you you know, it's not something that people talk openly and freely about. And I know Janae Rice, uh, received a lot of flack for this whole thing. Of course, after the incident happened back in February, uh, she and Ray have since gotten married. They have a daughter together. And so there was a lot of victim blaming in this case. You know, if it was that bad, why did she marry him? And my response to that is, if you know anything about domestic violence, um, that's very typical. Unfortunately, my mom, who I love very much and admire very much, like you said, uh, she's an incredible woman, the first in her family to attend college, a very uh, successful woman um, who owned her own home. She was in a domestically abusive relationship, relationship with a boyfriend for many, many years. And um, it's, it's hard to always explain why someone would stay or walk away. Um, and so to suggest that Janae Rice was only staying because of a lifestyle and she didn't want to give up the lifestyle, I always wonder if people really understand what that lifestyle is like in terms of being married to an NFL player. There are things that other people just don't have to deal with. For example, um, oftentimes NFL wives have given up their careers or at least put them on hold for a little while so they can support their spouse. And therefore, they have no no income, not anything of their own. It's coming in from their spouse. And oftentimes in situations, the women have very little control of, over the money. Um, they're usually financial advisors and planners involved, other people handling the expenses. So it's not like if someone needed to go grab some money out of a bank to get away, she can. It could It could be a problem. These women are usually in cities far away from family and friends, so they can feel very isolated, um, and they may just not feel like they have anywhere to go. Um, not everything about the NFL and being an NFL wife is glamorous. I always tell, especially when I'm talking to young girls and, and trying to mentor young girls, and they're seeing all these reality TV images of these you know, women and, and jump off living the life, I'm like, until you had to care for one of these players after they've gotten injured during the season and they can't get off the couch. 
um, mm-hmm. drive them from doctor's appointments and stuff of that nature, um, sort of become their psychologist while you're trying to maintain your sanity and all of it. Um, it can be really tough. Uh, there's so much more to life uh, than money. And for people who think that Janae Rice stayed just for the money, they clearly have no clue what it's like being an NFL wife. Well, no, um, we'll talk about that a little more, but tell, talk about a little bit more that, you know, that people don't understand that the mess around just ain't physical. It could be right. more mental that's a really, am I right, Don? Absolutely. Um, domestic violence can take many, many forms. Mental abuse, you know, you hear a lot of times of, of men um, talking to their women and making them feel worthless. Uh, that happens a lot. There's also economic abuse where men will actually withhold money uh, so the women can't get away. It's a form of control. So there are many other ways for for either men or women because, of course, there are a number of men who are victims of domestic violence as well. Um, it's not always just physical. There are other things that go along with it. You know, it's funny you saying that, and I have to admit something too, Don, when I was on here. You know, when I was in that field... You know, I thought I was invincible. I'd come home and say, hey, I don't need you. There's other women out there who'd rather be with me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that was mental. That's, a, that's been abusive. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's kind of the, the NFL sort of caters to those things, right? And it's nothing that they're doing um, intentionally. It's just, you know, good-looking guys making a lot of money can attract lots of women. Um, and I think that any time there's a situation like that, there are bound to be some issues. There's a lot of issues, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's when the first abuse starts with these guys. You know, they saying that, and then, you know, they out all night. You know, but it, it's it's amazing how it, it's so much in it. You know, the NFL, the NBA. I mean, but that lifestyle that, and and I don't know if I'm right or wrong saying this sign. You can help me, but. Some women don't want to lead that lifestyle. Say, hey, I can get money when I want to. I believe it. Or they don't understand what they're really getting themselves into, <laughs> uh, you know, behind all the glitz and glamour. Fortunately, I, I married a great guy. Ryan and I met as college students at UCLA. His first couple years in the league, I was off at law school. Um, but we had a, a, a great understanding, and, and we never had any issues. Uh, we have two children. Our son, who just turned 10, has autism. And if there's anything that can break a couple up, uh, it's having a disabled child. The, the divorce rate is about 80%. Um, so we've had a lot of things that could have caused problems, but we've got a very strong relationship. It's getting stronger. But I know it's not like that for everyone. And, and there, these, some of these girls out there, these groupies, are just relentless when you hear some of the things they'll do to try and... Um, hook up with these guys. It's it's crazy. Well, Don, let's let's talk about that a little too. One is, um, you know, Super Bowl. I see you, Super Bowl. Always good to see you. You know, but you see how women be out there for the guys, right? Oh, what absolutely. Do it take, what do it take for, like what you said with your Ryan, that other women in the NFL that they can have a strong relationship like you? Because if they don't have a mindset that they can do better, if they're not with them. They're going to stick in there, right? But you see that with these players' wives and all that, that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a national wives organization called Off the Field, and Off the Field is comprised of uh, a lot of strong, smart, educated wives of current and former players. And one of the things I always tend to see in the relationships that work is mutual respect. 
Um, these men, even though they're gladiators out there on the field and they're, um, you know, pretty much put on a pedestal by everyone around them, when they come home, they're just our husbands. You know, I, I joke that Ryan would come home from a Sunday game in, in Buffalo in December and it'd be snowing outside and he'd have to t- put the trash out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when Ryan stepped off the field, Ryan wasn't Ryan Newfeld tied in for the Buffalo Bills. He was just Ryan. Right. And um, I find that in the relationships that seem to work, there's a mutual respect. Um, on the guy's part, the fact that they realize that their wives are making incredible sacrifices to support their careers, um, who appreciate and, and, and understand the position of their wives and that, and that they're there to help. Um, those tend to be the relationships I've seen work. You see all these players, you know, I hate to say like names like um, um, T.O. and all them that have all these kids and say, well, the mama, but... They know the situation they're going in with these women. Am I right? Wear a condom. Wear a condom. And if there's anything I could tell these women, you know, but see, that's this whole culture of football that I think a lot of people don't understand. And we can rewind it a little bit. You know, there are many players who are in the NFL, current and retired, who grew up with, with in very poor circumstances or even middle class circumstances. And all of a sudden they're making all this money. Oftentimes the family, I mean, moms, dads, brothers, cousins, uncles, all of a sudden people think they won the lottery. You know, when you have a family member make it into one of these professional sports leagues. Um, and the same goes for these girls. They're thinking lifestyles and they drive nice cars, have big rings, nice fur coats. Well, what we do know is at some point in time, the, an NFL player's career is going to end. They're right. either going to uh, choose to retire, which is great. That probably happens for such a small percentage of the players. Or they're forced to retire. They're too old. They're injured. They become too expensive, et cetera. And at some point in time, the money is going to run out. So if you're baby mama number 10 and there are nine women ahead of you trying to collect child support, good luck with that because in – Five years, I mean, the statistics you hear that three years after official retirement from the NFL, 80% of players are bankrupt and or divorced. At some point in time, the money runs out. Then what are you going to do? So, let me ask you this. I don't know if you want to ask, but don't you see a lot of women out there that try and get these babies by these guys? Because I know when we used to go out, when I was in Philly, you know, we have all these women, and next you know, they want to have a baby because they feel, hey, I got you. I can get something from you. But you're right when you said it's going to run out and they got nine, ten other kids a day and you only get $2, you know? Well, and then you just become another baby's mom. Oh, that's just such and such baby's mom. And like I said, eventually he's not going to be superstar Terrell Owens. You know, now he's retired, sometimes has problems. He may or may not have tried to commit suicide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Terrell Owens, he's not the superstar out there catching footballs anymore and so then the appeal sort of lessens and then what do you do now you have a kid and now you're raising a kid with a bunch of extra siblings from a bunch of different babies mamas um that gets confusing for the children and to me it's just a really really awful negative terrible cycle don let me let me let me ask you this um a lot of players when they're done playing they don't have the money uh, they don't have the fame anymore nobody on the ain't on the field do you think a lot of domestic violence stuff happens? 
after they're done playing because the guys, the, the players frustrated, they met. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that happens yeah. more? Well, I actually, I actually think, James, that that is a very good point. And, and interestingly enough, shortly after the Ray Rice video came out, at least the second video came out a couple weeks ago, I put out a couple tweets. And one of them was, I hope that Janae Rice has support around her because Ray, for all intents and purposes, has been forced into retirement. You're expecting to make all this money. You're used to making all this money. And then it just stops. I can't even explain to you the the mental load that comes on these guys after they leave football. And you know because you've experienced it. But even in our household... You know, Ryan and I thought we had done everything right. When we left Buffalo and Ryan, you know, played his last NFL season, we had six figures in cash sitting in the bank. Uh, we bought a modest house in Texas. You know, if we had moved back to California, <laughs> it was going to cost us a lot more to live, and we didn't want to pay that much for a house, so we moved to Texas. So we made a lot of very prudent, smart decisions, knowing at some point in time we'd have to make that transition um, into life after football. And, you know, things were okay for a little while, but then the depression sits in. The denial sits in. The inability to really find your identity um, sets in. Those are all things Ryan started dealing with, and he talks about them openly, so I'm not, like, you know, putting all his business out there. Um, And fortunately, I was able to take the Texas bar exam and pass it and go back to work so I could help out a little bit, but it wasn't until we had extinguished our, our, our savings Um, It was right around 2010, 2011 that we actually started really comprehending the physical and um, psychological and mental aspects of of Ryan's retirement out of football. You know, at 36, he was awarded Social Security, and he's now on the NFL Disability Program. You know, you can do all this planning and think that you're going to make the transition well, um, and, a, and a number of things happen that you can't anticipate. How can you anticipate your spouse not being able to remember enough so that he can be gainfully employed? You just can't uh, plan for those things. And in situations with domestic violence, again, you start talking about couples having money problems, which is a good reason why couples fight and get divorced. Uh, like I said, these guys get depression. They're trying to search for a new identity. Maybe they're seeking that out with other women. Um, you know, those are the things that can all contribute to domestic violence. So sure. I do think in many ways it probably is more prevalent um, or can be after the NFL. And to be honest with you, James, one of the things that's been so interesting about how the NFL has handled this whole thing, they have yet to reach out to the NFL wives uh, to bring them to the table, to get them to contribute as they, they move forward on these personal conduct policies. And we're the ones on the front line. We're the ones who first encounter the depression, who know how much money is, is or is not in the bank. Um, but no one is giving us the resources we need to help these guys make it through. So you would think at some point in time the NFL would want to sit down with us and try and uh, get our input, but they have not. Now, they've met with uh, college football coaches. They've got these women who they've hired to run their domestic violence program who have no NFL wife experience. 
Um, they've talked to the mothers and fathers in their respective organizations. They've talked to former players, but at no point in time in this conversation have they ever talk to off the field, the National Wives Association, and sit down and get their input. If anything, off the field had actually reached out to the NFL um, and sent a letter saying we'd like to help out. They didn't respond. And it was only after a second letter was sent out, um, and, you know, the media started picking up on the fact that the NFL hadn't consulted with the Wives Association, that the NFL at least acknowledged that they received the second letter. Let me take a break. And then we'll come. Sure. I want to finish talking about it because it sounds to me like the NFL still want to throw this under the bridge and mm-hmm. don't want to hear from the wives who are the right. ones who with the players at night. They got to deal right. with it. Let's take a right. break and then we'll come right back and let you finish on that. Okay. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my family member, Don Newfield, on the, on, the, on the line today. That's good. Yeah. I have two things. I got to be honest with one. I'm going to put myself out there. 
But, you know, if you don't have to talk about but how was it? My first question to you is, one is, before you answer both, this is first is, why you think the NFL don't want to speak to the wife? My second thing is, I know, how was it when Ryan stopped playing with it? I mean, how was he? Because I know how I was, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a story that nobody knows that. I literally sat in my house in the dark, drinking beer, had the gun in my mouth, trying to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I was so like, I thought my life was over because that's all I worked right. for, you know. Mm-hmm. And my, my brain and image was gone, I thought. You know, nobody knew until... You might not know this to your 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 uncle Sarge and Delano them called me and said, Yeah, hey, you come to LA, we're gonna get you yeah. out, you know? But I, I, I vaguely like, remember that story. I do. Yeah. Um you know, I'll I'll tackle the first question because it's it's a little easier, but one of the reasons why I think the NFL doesn't listen to the wives or or doesn't want to get their input, I my experience over the seven years my husband played in the league was that we were just complainers. <laughs> you know, we were uh some of us just cared more about sitting on the 50-yard line and got mad because our tickets were up in the 400s, or we were mad because there wasn't a family room for us to watch the game at the uh, stadium, which, of course, none of that ever mattered to me. Um, Another problem they might have that they don't know how to deal with, well, who do you actually deal with? Are you talking to the wife or are you talking to baby's mama one, two, three, four? Um, usually right. they're all at the same game at the same time. So which one of these women are you actually bringing to the table to get their input from? And that can always be very difficult. And I can understand why the NFL um, is hesitant to deal with, with the wives association from that perspective. But that being said, for those of us who are interested in helping and willing and want to come to the table, I think they should listen. Um, as to your second question, you know, Ryan's NFL story is probably more typical in that he wasn't drafted out of college. He was a free agent. He signed with the Cowboys, uh, was on their practice squad for a portion of the season, and then ended up getting activated. Got sent to NFL Europe, came back, had a great camp, but got cut. Uh, he went to Miami for a week on their practice squad, got cut. He came home right around 9-11 in 2001. I'll never forget that because he had to drive home um, from Miami after that. And then shortly thereafter, he ended up getting picked up by Jacksonville. He had some injuries. And Ryan was actually um, out of football for two seasons. He had gone to training camp one year with the Seahawks and, and understood what it meant to be a camp body because they had no desire whatsoever to have him on that team. And then, of course, he ended up in Buffalo for five seasons. So we kind of dealt with some of the emotions and difficulties uh, and the business aspect of football. It stopped being fun a long time ago and became a business. Um, Ryan lost his passion for playing many, many years ago uh, when he realized that he, to some people, was just, a body. And that makes it very difficult for you all. Some of you have been playing football since you were 10. Um, it's all you know. It's your identity. And, and you think you can still play. You feel like you can still play and contribute. And next thing you know, you're getting released or your contract's not being extended. Um, and you've got someone telling you you just aren't good enough. You know, in all your lives, you've been told what to do. You know, 
on this play, you run 20 yards and then cut to the right and catch the ball. You've been told what time to be at practice, what time lunch is, what time you get to go home, how you're supposed to act in public, et cetera. And now all of a sudden there's just nothing. And, and to give you an example of how cold-blooded it can be, um, like I had mentioned, Ryan played in, in Buffalo for five seasons. Uh, his contract expired in uh, February of 08. That March, he went into the bill store to get some mini helmets to get signed for a charity event, um, and they charged him full price. Normally, players get a big discount <laughs> in the team stores, and the guy was like, OJ Ryan, he was no longer on the team, so he got charged full price. How, let's talk about um, you, if you can relate to, like, the wife, the point of um, the wife title. You talk about, you know, Ryan's side and us, you know, how we... How how is it mostly on you guys? You know, because it's hard. It got to be more how you guys. Cause they come home. You see your husband depressed, and you know you see that when he was up there high, and now you know. But yeah. uh, how how is it tough for you guys? Because that's got to be really tough. I know how was with my little girl mom. It was like mm-hmm. she couldn't be in the same household. It was so yeah. miserable. It's like you know. You know, it, I, one of the things that was always so difficult for me during the difficult times for Ryan after he'd been cut by. Uh, maybe suffering from an injury, Uh, the sport that he loved so much, something that brought him so much joy, to see how it can be so devastating for you all was always so difficult. I mean, I I, I can't imagine what it would be like if someone told me tomorrow, you know, you can never practice law again. It's something I love. I love being able to do it. It's it's who I am. It's what I do. And if someone came and took it away from me, I can imagine how, it would take me a while to figure out who I am. I remember the very first game of the 2007 season up there in Buffalo is when uh, Kevin Everett suffered his devastating uh, spinal injury. And to hear the Ralph go silent with about 80,000 people in it, um, I'll never forget. And I remember that was the day I realized I wouldn't care if Ryan never played another down in his life. I remember holding my breath, making sure he wasn't the one laying on the ground that the trainers were surrounding. And then when I realized it was Kevin, who was a fellow tight end, my husband played tight end, um, it just takes your breath away. I mean, the emotional toll uh, Kevin's injury took on that team that year, uh, I mean, it's, I literally, my, I just got chilled. Um, I still remember it so clearly. Uh, professional football is tough. It is a business. It is brutal. There are going to be injuries. Uh, people usually ask me, what hurts Ryan that he ended up on disability and Social Security? And I usually say, what didn't? I usually start at the top and I go down. Um, I'm like, he's had concussions. He's got some neck issues where he can't turn his neck. Uh, he had three hernia surgeries. The last one included an entire pelvic floor rebuild. He broke seven fingers, torn PCLs in both knees. Uh, he tore his plantar fascia in one foot one season, and two weeks later they went and cut the other one because he was in so much pain. Uh, he's deals with debilitating headaches. Um, and seeing your husband suffer is, is a very difficult thing. Um, on top of that, when you start hearing issues of CTE, chronic um, traumatic encephalopathy that these guys are suffering from, when you see football greats like Junior Seau take their own lives, 
find out that they were suffering from CTE. You've got someone like my husband, um, and I even think about it now with regard to my cousin who played with you in college. Um, these guys are looking at their future wondering if they're going to have dementia when they're 50, uh, wondering if they're still going to be around when their kids graduate from college or get married. And it's all because of the toll football takes on them. Um, anyone who can't imagine that the stress from that uh, would cause some depression and, and withdrawing, uh, again, just doesn't understand football. And I'll tell you, uh, we're Christians, and I, I, I would say that one of the reasons we've survived and are still happily married um, has everything to do with our faith. I believe in getting uh, medical help and medical treatment, even if that's mental health treatment. We have a therapist we see as need, as the need arises. Ryan sees someone on a regular basis to deal with some of his issues alone. Um, but it's tough, and oftentimes, you know, the why. I, I remember when we left Buffalo, having lived there for five years. Again, I gave up my legal career while we were there. I had my two kids while I was there. I had established life and friends. And after we left, I mean, it was a good six months to a year, and I can't tell you how many people would always say, how's Ryan? How's Ryan doing? It was so rare that someone said, how are you doing everything with everything? Um, And that was always a little tough for me to deal with. You've got to be a strong woman to be an NFL wife. That's what I was about to say. When were they going to ask how you doing? You know, <laughs> right. you want, you know for real. I mean, nobody. And that that's why I said. Let me tell I you. Did, I did my show. I said everybody looking at the player or this and that. They got to look at who was there. You know, right? Thinking, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, and it, and it's tough. Um, and I get it. You know, this is just the situation we've been put in and blessed with. I don't regret any of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it provided us it provided us a great life been able to provide children with a great that I would have differently in terms of really living in the where we get cut uh, we were always worried about injuries so sometimes it was hard to just enjoy the here and now because you're always thinking about the future and what's next um, but it, it's tough it's it's not all fancy cars, cash, trips, um, et cetera, you know, that lifestyle that everyone thinks they know about. Tough at times. I mean, when you think about the Ray Rice situation, when you think about, um, you know, why didn't the Joe Belcher situation change the NFL with regards to domestic violence? When you have a player who kills the mother of his three-month-old daughter, then drives to the practice facility and shoots himself in front of his coach. Why wasn't that enough to change the NFL? Why wasn't the Ray Carruth situation really to change the NFL? Um, You know, the NFL is one of those things where they put themselves out as being role models, but if you look at the number of player arrests during the offseason, um, there's an identity crisis there. I think it's time to start looking at no-tolerance policies in the NFL. It is a privilege to play, not a right. I'm sure you know that, James. And to right. see these guys throwing away their careers and potentially millions of dollars that would set them up for life, 
Um, and not all players make millions of dollars. I always like to throw that in there. We were always, you know, minimum salary players over here. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to get these multi-million dollar uh, signing bonuses and stuff. But um, it's, it's hard for me to see these young players throw it all away. You hear these guys getting into bar fights and clubs and getting arrested for assault and, you know, totally drunk. And it's, it's just not worth it. They need to really get it together and get some good people around them and, and realize and appreciate what it is they're possibly sacrificing. You know, before I get you, I'm going to hit you hard on this next question, but before I hit you hard, I got to mention something. I got to mention your auntie, Alice Jackson. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing to have her because, you know, your cousin, you know, Sarge, that I play with. Every time I go to L.A., you know, she always called me son, you know, so I got to throw that out there, too. Family, that's, that's the mom, about it. So my, that's your mom's sister. Look, for, for as Those two together are uh, crazy. As educated <laughs> as they are, we're crazy. We like to have sons. <laughs> yeah. I always say, I, Ryan, I think Ryan fell in love with my family before he fell in love with me, including that's Auntie Alice. Yeah, yeah. Everybody there, your family was wonderful. And you know what's so funny about your family is they treat everybody like they, their family, you know. Well, it was always, you know, it's interesting you say that. Because anytime I was dating a guy and my family didn't like him, I knew there was no hope because my family loves everybody. (laughs) (laughs) If they didn't like the person I was dating, that was a huge sign. (laughs) So I just wanted to make everybody know that because what the line you come from, it's amazing. For real, dog. Yeah. Y'all are the family of like this. Anybody can come and, hey, you want to eat? Nobody was yeah. out there with Granny or your grandma, right? Right, I'm, always. People don't understand what I'm trying to say, but it's unbelievable. So I, had I to, always I used to, to say, say, before reality TV, we would have, we, my family would have made some great reality TV. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, I just want to But the, my next thing is, when all this started, isn't it amazing how, Everybody started to come out and say they was domestically abused uh, with, with um, Brandon Marshall, the woman, a year ago, two years ago. And all these cases started to come out. Why do you think that is now, Don? Well, I think what happened and what we saw, James, um, and, and this is so poignant to me. Like I said, people I've known for many years who all of a sudden were explaining to me that their relationships had been abusive. Um, I think what happened with the Ray Rice situation and making it so public and and people actually doing something about it. For once, the NFL actually had to respond. People were actually taking notice and and trying to find ways to help the women in these situations. I think I think people all of a sudden felt like they had a voice. Again, you have to understand the NFL has been aware of all these other circumstances. Anytime these players get arrested for domestic violence, the NFL knows about it. The media may not get a, get word of it, but the teams in the NFL are very much so aware of it. And oftentimes, think about it, the NFL has not even brought the Wives Association to the table to get their input. In, in any way, shape, or form, do you think they're concerned about the Wives? My answer to that is no. I look at the way they treat former players and their health, the fact that the NFL has gone, they've made it their mission to make it more difficult for former players to collect workman's comp um, in many of the states out there. So if they're making it hard for their former players who made them all this money to get support, what in the world makes you think they give a damn about the players' wives? And um, I think 
with the uh, media attention that the Ray Rice situation got, I think many women finally felt like they had a voice. They'd been screaming for years about these, you know, holier-than-now players that everyone has up on a pedestal trying to say, but he beat the crap out of me, and no one listened. And all it took was a tape that TMZ released to the media to finally give these women a voice. Can you blame them? You think they, they, they were scared, or they just didn't think the NFL? Because I got, you know, I, mean, I got to admit, Don, a lot of guys called in and said, all these women are trying to get money now because it's, it's a money market thing now, you know? Yeah, see, and I've heard that, but there's no evidence to support that whatsoever. Um, I think the Baltimore Ravens uh, owner actually came out and said that, too. You know, well, we're concerned that uh, we'll have people making false accusations against the players, all this other stuff. Again, that is problematic in that it is, again, blaming potential um, victims and not focusing on the potential perpetrators. And that's just, that's domestic violence 101. That needs to stop. At some point in time down the line, you will, you can certainly figure out through evidence, et cetera, whether or not someone had been actually been abused. And that's not to say there aren't these women out there trying to get money. That's why they're having all these babies without being married and um, stuff of that nature. They, like I said, they feel like they've won the lottery. And I get that. I understand it's a concern. But that in and of itself isn't reason to not hold these guys accountable who are responsible for perpetrating domestic violence. It's not an excuse. Well, Don, uh, let's, let's, I got something else to throw at you. I've seen you at Super Bowl. Uh, there was one before, and I think it was Indianapolis. Yeah. And we sit there like, all these women in here, you know, where they come from? Because you know how that player party is. You got to be a player and you get yeah. one guest. Yeah. The NFL bringing these people in there, they set these people up, right? Right. Well, and that's part of the problem, too. And it's not just the NFL. I mean, you're talking about uh, the NFL PA's Super Bowl party they used to have at Super Bowl. They've kind of toned them back over the years. But we're talking this party, you know, the invitation would go out. And on the day that the invitation was landing in, people, in the former players or current players' mailboxes, uh, you know, the guest list was closed by the time people got around to calling. And then you'd show up at this party, and there'd be all these random women in the party, and the guys who actually played, who were actually paying dues, couldn't get into the party. That's right. a big problem. <laughs> so <laughs> when you've got the NFL, when you've got the NFLPA, um, you know, aiding and abetting some of the guys. That's where we need to take a hard look at, at what's going on and see what we can do differently. I will say uh, the NFLPA is, is working better to do better. Uh, they've really started putting together some incredible programs for former players. they got the Players Trust now, which is providing all sorts of resources to players. And I'll add that they are including the wives. The NFLPA just had a regional conference here in Dallas over the weekend, um, and, and the wives were invited. So we're able to get those resources and in the information that the NFLPA is finally providing to the players. So it's getting better slowly. Like, they're figuring out that um, we are their allies in this, and that they give us the tools to help our players transition out of the sport, um, we're all going to be better for it. 
Well, I just say we're going to have an end. We got, I think, like two minutes. But, yo, uh, Auntie Alice just tuned in and listening now. She texted me. She's like, where's it at? So she now just listens. So oh, she's, she's so on, funny. She's just listening right now. So go ahead, Don. I love you, Auntie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Don, before we get off, um, I got to have you on again. But, you know, if you got a website that anybody can call you, get some talk to you, you know, because I got a lot of people that, a lot of women that are more of my listeners. They like Absolutely. to get some advice. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. My Twitter handle is just Dawn at Dawn Newfeld. Um, I'm, I'm very responsive to people who reach out to me for help. I've done it for people who uh, are dealing with their children who have autism. So I encourage people to reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter, um, and I, I will certainly do what I can to help out. And I'll tell you, Auntie Alice, gotta go back and listen to the show because your your niece did a great job. Hey, she's smart. That doesn't mean she can work the internet, right, Auntie Alice? I love you. Hey, if she's not watching any Western, you know, you know she's Western. But I want to thank you again, Don, and definitely gotta have you back on it. Um, tell Ryan, you know, keep working at Taurus and you know what he's doing. I will. Thanks, James. I'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh, 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 oh,